new edition of Thinking Aloud about film. It's our third day uh, at Cinema Rediscovered in Bristol. Uh, it's our second podcast. And what we're going to do today is just go through the day as uh, Richard and I experienced it. And we experienced it in different ways because mm. we went to see slightly different things. Yep. Though the first one is one that we have in common. So the first film that we saw is The Joker. So tell us a little bit about what is The Joker. Yeah, so The Joker is a, it's a, it's a silent um, starring Henry Edwards, who's uh-huh. from Western Superman. Uh-huh. Local um, connection. Yeah, also starring Miles Mander. Um, it's, it's a fun film. It's, it's uh, set in Nice during the carnival. There's a, um, a woman who is in danger of being ruined because of love letters from her past that have been found. Uh, evil Miles Mander is a, a lawyer who has the letters and is blackmailing her. Um, Henry Edwards is the Joker, who is a professional gambler who is helping the damsel in distress. So, yeah, it was, it was mm. a, a there's, film film. There's a fantastic introduction by, I think, was it Matthew Sweet? Mm. Yeah. You know, uh, whom I want to mention because it really was so good. It gave so much detail, it made so many links. And it kind of uh, made them want to know more about mm. the film even before seeing it. So mm. it kind of whet your appetite uh, for the film. Um, there was also was it James Harrison who mm. did a little introduction before that? I think you know he's the 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 person we need to thank for making this film available uh, here. Uh, he talked about the process of getting it here and how how difficult it was. Uh, you know which. Uh, kind of all sounded fantastic, but he did say one thing which which I want to discuss. I was mm-hmm. going to say, I want to take issue with I'm not sure I want to take issue with but I certainly <laughs> want to discuss it, which is that he's a big Bond fan mm. and that mm. the Joker, you know, was like Bond pre-Bond I, or I, something like that. Yeah, I, I can see what he was getting. Like Matthew Sweet kind of mentioned this as well. And also... The score, which I think was by Stephen Hall, yes, kind of kept bringing in little Bond motifs, yeah. and and there is a thing. It's a bit like Casino Royale with the the, the, the tuxedos and the gambling, and the initial scenes at the Nice Carnival are similar to the opening of Spectre. But I thought it was very tenuous, and the thing that it really was much more like was the Saint, um, which you know the Saint in the original novels being a uh, he's a a uh, slightly morally ambivalent figure. Um, you know, he's a gambler, he's a thief, um, but he will always help a damsel in distress and he's kind of on the side of the angels, really. Yeah. And, and that, that's what it reminded me of. And what, what was interesting was looking that up afterwards, the first Saint novel was 1928, which was the same year this film was made. Yeah. It's based on a play from 1927. So whether this was coincidence, you know, just two people having the same idea, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I liked it very much. I thought it was, like, really fun, you know, and that whole, you know, um, elegant, posh, thief, moral, mm. outsider, yeah. you know, thing was lovely. All of the sequences in the carnival were fantastic. Mm. Uh, you get a real sense of period because, you know, there are just so many extras in mm. every shot, yeah, 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 in a way that is that feels unusual now. Uh, and also it was just a very, you know, enjoyable film yeah, to see. Yeah. Not the least because it looked so crisp. Yes. It looked yeah. so new. You yeah, know, it, yeah. it looked marvellous. 
So uh, that was a great uh, beginning uh, to the day. Uh, the next thing I went to see was The Laws of Love. Yeah, which I, I saw that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to describe it? <laughs> so The Laws of Love, uh, the full title is something like Laws of Love, the Journal of a Sexologist. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so this is a 1920s film. Um, also 1927, I believe. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a very odd film. It, it's, so is it Mag Magnus Hirschfeld? Is Magnus Hirschfeld, who's, you know, one of the most famous like sexologists mm. so he, he, he pre earlier he'd been involved in uh, different from the others yes. starring Conan Pike this sort of early early kind of gay themed film uh, with a, a real censorship history um, this film is purportedly a documentary made up of five episodes and the fifth episode is an abbreviated version of different from the others um, but it's very odd because the first the first episode the first three episodes really are like a natural history documentary, um, so it's kind of like watching a David Attenborough documentary, but filmed in the nineteen twenties and and actually I have to say some quite impressive filming for the time these kind of close ups of you know, if you, if you want to see a nineteen twenties film of snails having sex you know mm. it, or or snakes having sex or whatever. This is the film for you, but it it was it was you know technically very impressive for the time. Um, the so that's kind of the first three segments. Then it kind of shifts gear, and you get the fourth segment, which is titled was it intersex is the mm -hmm. as in I N T E R, and it's about various forms of um, uh, sort of transgress trans trans type. Yes. Uh, I mean, Magnus Hirschfeld, who was a disciple or a student of Freud, mm. and I believe, according to Freud, not a very good student yet, mm. Freud didn't rate him, um, but he is basically the person responsible for instigating research into sex, sexuality, yeah, mm. sex and gender. He, I think, either coined the term intersex yeah, uh, or, yeah, publicized it. Uh, you know, this whole notion that we have now of fluid sexuality mm -hmm. was really his. He was himself gay, so, you know, he was an early gay rights uh, mm -hmm. uh, activist in all kinds of ways. And uh, as so Mayer said in the lecture, he was an incredibly popular lecturer, like Dickens or something, and he would go on lecture yeah, tours yeah. Yeah, to talk about uh, all of this. Um, my own feeling about the event was that I would have loved to have heard So Mayer and who was the young man who was with her? I, I, I was on the Q&A. I think it was Adam something, apologies. Um, but I would have liked to have heard them almost give a lecture on mm. these materials, you know, and showing snippets from the film than actually for the film you know, to have taken, well, to have seen the film. I mean, I know we're ostensibly lucky it's a UK premiere mm. and so on, but it is, it is a film that requires context and explanation. Yeah, yeah. and I'd, I'd say another thing about it is that the, so, so the, the, the censorship history of this film, the, there was an abbreviated version which was pretty much just the first three episodes 
ended up getting released. Mm. The fourth episode, so the, the, the intersex episode, is pretty much lost. And this is a reconstruction rather than a restoration of it. So they've used, they, they, they've, the, the, the intertitles were, were sourced from somewhere. Um, the, a lot of the images used, rather than what would have been you know, moving images in the film, are it, photographs or diagrams taken from you know, medical or, or academic books published by Hirschfeld at the time. And I'm, I'm, you know, who knows, no, no one knows if that's what the film would have looked like. I'm not convinced that, that, that the film would have, at the time, would have contained such explicit imagery, I, I don't know. Well, I don't know, I mean, I, I suppose I have no reason to doubt it. And, you know, uh, um, there was some context given to that, to the, the person who, who restored it, mm. you know, who found the different excerpts. Uh, I, I, I don't necessarily have any reason to doubt that, but mm. I think it's a film that was chosen more for what it represents historically and its place in the circulation of a history of ideas yeah, yeah. than as a film itself. Yeah. And therefore, because of that, I think it required more contextualization. And also, I think, because... You know the speakers were so brilliant and so articulate and so alive. You know, I felt at a loss that we didn't hear more. I would mm. have liked to have heard more from them. Yeah, yeah. And less, Even if it was at the expense of seeing less of the film, less less of the snails having sex. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. I loved watching the snails, but actually, you know, if if we could just have had an excerpt on the snails and missed out the snakes and the rats and the whatever, I would have been quite happy. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, because you know, it was pretty much. Here's a snake having sex. Here's yes. a snail having sex. Here's a right. house having sex. <laughs> I, I did like the, the section about transgender guinea pigs was quite interesting. Yes. But, you know. um, um, I mean, <laughs> it's, you know, it's a, it's a fascinating Fra- yeah. topic, right? Very important historically mm. with a whole series of issues. One, I'm sure, will be teased out in, 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 in the work that's so, and I think it's Adam, yeah. Uh, we'll do on this in the future but I, it was one of the least satisfying programs it's, it, of the day it's, it's a, yeah, historically interesting but it's not actually a satisfying film to watch as a film as a film, yeah. that's right um, so um, the uh, other uh, thing that we saw later today was um, jewel robbery mm. yeah. um, so uh, what did you think of that? I, I enjoyed it. It was another pre-code film. Um, again, not a not a masterpiece, but a fun watch. Um, it was, um, yeah, it's about a jewel robbery. Yes. <laughs> Suave. Directed by William Dieterle, yeah. who is not known for his sense of humour. No, no. Uh, and this is meant to be like lubage, elegant, mm. high-style farce. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think, I was going to say, it must be very indebted to Trouble in Paradise. Mm. Though, I, I understand it's the same year as Trouble in Paradise. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, so, so maybe it can't be. Uh, but uh, next to Trouble in Paradise, this is a very inferior film. It's, yeah, it was, I mean, it, was, it, was, it was a fun watch. And, and watching the audience was great. And it got a great reaction. But yeah, not, not, not a brilliant film, but I'm glad I saw it. Yes, I'm very glad I saw it. And, you know, to see Kay Francis... Uh, and um, William Powell William Powell yeah. at the prime uh, 
it's really something. And and as with the one yesterday, it was very very pre-coded. The, that whole sequence. There's this lengthy, essentially, really extended running joke about the fact that William Powell has got this this cigarette case full of of of, of um, spliffs, yes. and he gives gives one to the jeweler to mm. to kind of knock him out for a while, and then gives the cigarette case to the security guard. And the the, the just this extended sequence of you know he's taking him for questioning and he's just handing these out to to the chief of police and the other policeman and all this kind of stuff and it's amazing how far they go with it. I mean, yes. and, uh, yeah. I mean I must say you know uh, I enjoyed watching it. It went down a bomb at the audience. Yeah. The audience yeah. loved it, right? Uh, so I hope I'm not just being churlish, yeah. but I do think in terms of elegance and wit and so it doesn't compare. You know, to something no, like Trouble no, in Paradise. Yeah. Uh, I'm still very glad I saw it. And the thing that I got off it, actually, was just how sexy William Powell mm. was. Because mm. I never had thought of him in those terms, you know. And in this film, he, he did come across that way to me. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you learn something new every yeah. day. <laughs> so, after that, I went to see Queen Christina. Did you see that? Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. And? Yeah. It's another pre-code. Another pre-code. Um, it's I guess this is, yeah it's a pre-code but it's not one that you would view as a pre-code film but it clearly contains things that couldn't have been done uh, later. at any other time yeah. Um, it, yeah it was great I mean I, I don't think I'd ever seen it before and, and it was a nice 35 millimeter print from the BFI um, looked like a print that dated from the 1990s or later just because the BBFC logo at the start um, but yeah it's great yeah, yeah. Um, I thought it was magnificent mm. actually I thought you know this was an almost great film, like a truly great film. I mean, some of those sweeping uh, camera movements, you know, the, the camera just sweeping mm. back, right, uh, as the young queen kind of moves in as a child, or, yeah. you know, at the end through the throne room. I mean, they're just beautiful shots, really. And I thought um, there were some extraordinary images. Mm. Yeah, Garbo in her throne kind of you know, all lit but in darkness, right? Uh, so expressive. I think Mamoulin is a real film artist. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I thought Garbo was magnificent. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know, which, um, I mean, people are quite churlish about it, you know, oh, she only learned how to act in mm -hmm. Camille or whatever, right? Uh, you know, so so people at the time thought she was always the greatest actress, you know, Doucet or Sarah mm -hmm. Bernhardt. And then, you know, kind of there's another set of views. But in my, in my, to my mind, she was actually um, riveting, mm. right? She was extraordinarily beautiful. Uh, she was so expressive. And then that sing-songy voice that mm. she has, mm. you know, which is so uniquely hers, yeah? yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought was riveting. Uh, and then, of course, the film is famous for that last close-up. Yes. Yeah, yeah, which is extraordinary. Yeah. Uh, so, so I love seeing it. I love seeing it uh, on a big screen. I have doubts about the print because it seemed to me a few of the early scenes seemed almost washed out. It, yeah, so it, it clearly wasn't a restored print. Yeah. Was, I, I'm saying it was from the... It was a print that was produced in the... I, I, I'd have to check what that logo was, but the, the, it had a... A relatively recent BBFC logo at the start, which I think was from the nineties onwards. Mm. Um, so it's presumably a print that the BB BBFC made 
from the copy they had, mm. whatever. Um, but not a, not a, not a restored print. Mm. Um, it was it was okay. But yeah. no, it's good, and I'm glad we saw it on thirty five millimeter. Yeah. Uh, um, but you know, just noting that in this particular yeah. print, some of the early scenes seem almost like a photocopy of a yeah, picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, so, uh, but I thought that was a great film, uh, and I'm very happy uh, to have seen it. Uh, so subsequently, you went to see the Afterlight with Charlie Shackleton. Yeah, the Afterlight. Yeah, yeah. Which, which you, I know you, you did the podcast with Mike. Uh, yes. A couple of weeks ago, which I've not had a chance to listen to yet, but. Um, I didn't want any spoilers. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. it it's it, I, I was kind of, um, I think possibly, outside its welcome slightly a little bit the last ten minutes or so. I was kind of losing the will to live a little bit. But but actually, I, I did find it um, sustained my interest. It it has this kind of um, narrative structure almost to it of of you know all these people heading walking through the wilderness. And then they head up. They all head into a bar, and they all then they all go home, and, and you 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 get this feeling that they're all kind of existing in the same kind of mm. framework somehow. So I, I I did enjoy it. I mean, it was very reminiscent of um, of the Christian Markley plot. The plot thing. Yeah. It also reminded. I, I was trying to remember other things it reminded me of. There was a film I saw recently, which was done for. Um, it was done by the. I think by the BFI for the Century of Cinema, which was like nineteen ninety one or whatever. Mm-hmm. There was this big festival of, 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 of you know the the anniversary of the first hundredth anniversary of the first one, which I think was in the eighties sometime. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. And it it was like a twenty minute film, just made up of excerpts from other films, similarly themed like that. And mm-hmm. um, I saw it on TV recently. Um, I thought it was a bit banal, to be honest. Yeah. So. You know, I love the concept, right? Yeah, yeah. And I love that, you know, Charlie Shackleton is so articulate and mm. witty and so on. But he, I think, you know, he talked about it as an archival film, mm. or, you know, and then he specified that, no, really, he didn't go into archives to get these films, that they were just what was widely available yeah, yeah. on DVD, you know. But he talks about it as an archive film or as an archival mm. film. Did he mention that he used those words in your presentation? Yeah, yeah, yeah he yeah. did. Because Mike and I argued about whether he had or not. Um, and I found that slightly pretentious, really, because, you know, I mean, yeah, this found footage, if it's just what's on DVD or, you know, it's available, then, you know, kind of, I mean, to call it an archive film gives a different impression. And also I thought that it's almost like an artist film. Yeah. So that the concept is fascinating, right? There's only one copy that exists. It's on celluloid. It's projected. Every projection uh, um, uh, ruins the film a bit or mm. deteriorates the film a bit. So every audience is really watching a different film. <coughs> All of that fascinating. But then, what are you watching? Yeah, there was a thing, and I, I, I have to look it up, and I might have imagined this, but I'm pretty sure this is real, where it was an artwork of just a loop of film going through a projector, like 60mm film going through a projector. And it was it, it was, the film was kind of blank, um, uh, but it, this it's like a loop, like a meter of film or whatever, mm. continuously going through this projector, mm. um, and obviously over time, it degrades. So actually, by now, there is actually an image there, but the image is pu- the only image, is the imperfection on, mm. on, on, on on the film, and that that, that's the the logical progression of this. But actually, that one, 
you could just wander into a gallery and watch it for five five minutes and then well, leave. Because um, yeah, so, also the other um, thing that it had as part of the concept that it's all dead people, mm. you know, because that's what cinema does, right? Like, you know, it's what you're watching is films is moments that are already dead. Yeah. Right, and that kind of light brings back to a kind of life anyway. It's a very romantic idea of cinema embedded into it. Um, but again, that's the concept, the execution. But then, yeah, that's the thing, cause, because that, that's the, the, I, I, I did like that idea that they're, they're all dead people. Mm. But actually, for a start, the credits at the end, where there's this lengthy cast list, and it says known, known actors, and it gives, mm. their, gives their, 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 their dates. Some of them have unknown dates, but presumably he's researched and found and mm. knows that they're dead. But there are clearly scenes where, um, you know, there's a bunch of extras in shot, mm. and you know okay if it's a film made in 1930 yeah. it's a reasonable assumption that most that all those people are dead but you know I, I remember there was one shot from a film I guess from the 30s I can't remember where there's like a, one of the extras is like a 10 year old kid they could still well mm. still be around you know um, yeah anyway I look forward to see uh, more of his stuff yeah uh, he's very young you know and in a way there's a kind, there was a kind of an excitement in seeing it you know, but I must say I have reservations. It was interesting, the audience for it, uh, it was a pretty full cinema, and um, me and Andrew Moore were in there, but other than us, it was most, it, it was a very young audience, so, well, that's, which is that's great. And, and, it, and um, I, 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 that, just as an observation, I, I think it's sort of, you know, as a, watching it as an experience, it's certainly what, it, it, in the same way that there's a very young audience for silent film as an event, because this is a one-off event, mm. because there's only the one copy of the film, and, yeah. and you know, if you want to see it, you have to see it at that kind of showing. So it it kind of did attract that kind of audience, which, yeah. is, which is nice. Which is nice. Um, the last film I saw was Harold and Maude. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm a huge fan mm. of Ruth Gordon. She's someone whom I read her biographies as a, as a tween, really. Mm. You know, and I just loved her persona and her zest and yeah, yeah, uh, and so on. Uh, and and paradoxically, this is a film that was playing in rep theaters constantly, mm. but it was just that moment before I could go on my own. Yeah, so actually, I have never seen it until today. Uh, you know, I've seen snippets. I, yeah. I have the DVD at home. I've had it for years. I actually couldn't bring myself to watch to oh, really? watch it all the way through. Okay. Yeah, I think it's a film that needs an audience, actually. Yeah, yeah. You know, because the audience may come alive. I, I have seen it, but I've only seen it on DVD. So. Okay. Well, what did you think of it on DVD? It's years to seen it, but I, but I did enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, I loved it today. I, mm. You know, the experience of watching it was fantastic, though, again, I don't think it's a great film. No, no. Uh, but actually, watching with an audience, there were laughs all over the place that me mm. watching it alone in my bedroom... I wasn't offering and yeah, you know, I wasn't yeah. even getting, you know. I, I, I think that's, that's, and I think that's been true of quite a few of the films today, you know, like yeah. Jewel Robbery and Queen Christina. It really benefited from seeing the audience. Yes. Um, um, I was amused by the, uh, so um, Charlie Shackleton, when he introduced The Afterlife, so he was introduced by, um, I, think Mike, I think the guy's name is Mike Cos- Cosgrove. Who's the guy who also did the intro to Queen Christine? Who's what? Who was one of the people that, that originated this festival? So he kind of introduced Charlie Shackleton on stage, who and who then 
second of all, thank you very much for to all of you for choosing to come see my film rather than choosing to go and see the so-called UK premiere of Harold and Maud, which is how it's billed in the programmes as UK premiere. It's on DVD. Wow. Well, <laughs> uh, UK premiere of the Restoration. Of the restoration. But I don't know whether that Restoration is already out. Yes. Uh, it's kind of not very nice. No, it, was, it did seem a little bit... Uh, <laughs> well, kind of, again, you know, uh, <laughs> that fits into with the discussion that Mike and I had about the afterlife, mm. uh, you know, where kind of, I think... Mark, Mike attributed a kind of um, a pure, uh, you know, a kind of a purity to the project. I, and I was a bit apprehensive because, you know, in the Birmingham screening, it's like he lost no time in selling his T-shirts. Right? <laughs> 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 so, uh, so that was interesting that yeah. he wasn't very nice about uh, the 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 building of of Harold and Maude. Uh, I want to bring up a couple of things about today's program, uh-huh. uh, you know, and not to be a bitch or anything. <laughs> Surely not. <laughs> but, you know, um, I've been very conscientious. I think I've watched films the whole day long. Yeah, yeah me too. Yeah. You know, and I can't hand in heart say I've watched a truly great film today. Yeah. And actually that is to me a problem when, um, you know, an event like this, it's called Cinema Rediscovered. I mean, you know, in Bologna, I always felt like, uh, you know, like I was seeing great films and they were a real discovery and yeah. I couldn't even get to many of them that I wanted, <coughs> right? And so, I mean, these were all, they were all entertaining. I had a lovely day. Mm. You know, I really enjoyed uh, uh, watching uh, Jewel Robbery uh, and Harold and Maude and mm. Queen Christina and you know Qu- Queen Christina is the closest uh, to mm. a great film that I saw today but it's not quite and I I am disappointed in that mm. Mm. I mean do you have a view? Um, I don't know I, I think um, I, I guess it'd be easier to judge when we've seen the whole festival yes um, it's a you know could be just my choices really yeah I mean uh, it's a when you look at the program it's a small if you compare it to to Bologna for instance it's clear you know, just the nature of it it's a much smaller program you know just just because of the top festival it is um, it's whether the choices are the best choices I mean it's a, you know you could criticize it for having very mainstream things mm. like. Um, you know, late Casablanca or High Noon or whatever, and you could also criticise it for having things that are too esoteric, like Laws of Love. You know, so it, it's um, I, I I think it's a it's an interesting program. I think the, the the I think the best to me the best film that's showing probably over the four to five days is Chess of the Wind which is on a Sunday morning which we've obviously we've already seen we've already we're not, seen and we've not, already discussed but we've not seen it in the cinema um, so I'm going to see that but uh, I, you know I, th- I think you know there, there's an element to which you're you know you can get get a bit jaded because you've seen a lot of films you've been to, to, to various archive festivals um, also I think you know you have to uh, bear in mind what this what what the what the core audience for this festival is, which I would s- suspect is a largely local audience. Well, you're being more understanding than I, because you know <laughs> I do think that you know cinema rediscovered 
you want to show great films, mm. right? There's no shortage of great films to show but in the really last hundred years of film history. I think the one that might lay claim to that title, mm. but which I haven't seen, and because you know, I really felt I needed to see uh, the laws of love. It's an interest. Mm. I, I miss the killer of sheep. Yeah, right. Yeah. Which you know, certainly almost everyone I know talks about it as a great film. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it could just be my choices. Um, and and yesterday there was you know no shortage. I mean, you know, I've seen Sunrise, I've seen Shanghai Express, I've seen uh, the Fiesta Manera. So you know, and those to me all would be great films. So maybe yeah. it, it's I think that that's why as we chatted something in the bar like earlier on, was saying that uh, you know part of the idea of the structure of the program is you have these kind of um, what you call them sort of you know sort of tentpole attractions maybe like like Casablanca or like High Noon names people would recognise and would get people in. They might just come in and see that or they might think, oh, well, what else is on? Let's, let's yeah. plan a day around it. And I, I think that's, that's fair enough, I think. Well, I mean, I think, you know, to, to be fair to them, whatever they're doing in relation to the programming is obviously working because mm. most of the screenings have been full yeah, today, yeah. right? So audiences are coming out. <coughs> but I suppose, you know, as a cinephile and as a film scholar, I'm also a bit disappointed that, mm. you know, people are coming in, yeah, but I would also like them to go out having, you know, seen films that are of a, a better than the ones mm. I saw today, which, you know, were entertaining and of historical interest, but which, you know, to me were not great works mm. of art. Right, and I, yeah, I'd yeah. like uh, some more of that. Uh, but overall, a satisfying day. Two more full days to go. Yeah. Uh, so a lot uh, to look forward to. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much for listening. We are thinking aloud about film, not bitching aloud about <laughs> film. <laughs> and we'll be back uh, tomorrow with our, our third podcast on uh, Cinema Rediscovered uh, in Bristol. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Good.